sun was shining, I was laying in bed, wondering if she'd change it all if her hair was still red. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Saunas and Three Team Parlays. I'm Crouchy, he's Oge. You listen to the hottest podcast in the Keweenaw. So what do you think of that new intro we got, Oj, to the, the podcast? I love it. Spice it up a little bit. Get gotta gotta change once in a while. And I think uh little Bob Dylan on a Sunday morning gets us gets us moving. Hard not to. Oh yeah. Plus that's an LTL, right? I believe that's part of the now can our fans access the LTL playlist on Spotify or is that just yours? Probably just your own, eh? You haven't reached that status yet. No, I I I did send it to a couple people, like the the playlist, but I don't know if, if that's open to the public i have no idea all right well regardless new intro for the for the podcast here uh let's recap a little football weekend Oge. uh you want to start with high school yeah well let's go right to uh the lakeland and hubble lakes i think we got to start with them big win yesterday moving on to the state semifinals in division eight knocking off uh three-time defending state champion right three, correct north central so what are, you, what are your thoughts on that well, um, I wasn't able to be there, but I had some people keeping me updated, uh, almost play-by-play, play, uh, thanks to James Thomas Koskala for his updates. Uh, yeah, Lakes won, what, 37-18? Um, kind of had the lead the whole way. That's a huge win for the, for, the, for those guys and, and, and Coach Jarvis. Um, but I'm really happy to see it. North Central's had a hell of a run. That's unbelievable to be a school that size and have the success. So uh, congratulations to Coach Korzynski and his program. They're not going to get four in a row. I'm sure they'll be back fighting next year, but that's a huge win for the Lakes. Yeah, well, no doubt about it. Uh, congrats to that crew. But I did. I got to talk to Coach Korzynski a little bit last night. Ran into him in Geno's after the Tech game. You know, he was out with the family. and uh, But, we, you know, think about how long it's been since he's been not coaching at this time of the year, right? Right, So he, sure. I told him, I said, well, positive is you got some time now. And he said, yeah, I'll even get to go to deer camp a little this year, which he hasn't been able to do. So heck of a run for that crew. Good win for the Lakes. Uh, they're going to head down to play at Marion, which... Um, Familiar Lake Linden playoff foe? Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm always pretty positive, but there's not a program I despise more than than, than Marion and uh, how they were... they backhanded, cheated a little bit in the 1990 state semifinal game. And um, not that I'm bitter and hold grudges 30 years later, but not real not real pleased with them. Um, and then Lake Linden did beat them in 92 in the semifinal on their way to a state title. So uh, Marion's got a great program. They, they really do. They battled with North Central the last couple of years. So the Lakes will have their hands full. But you know what? You're playing with house money. And, you know, those guys will travel down there and those guys will give her a rip and See what see what happens, and you know, it'd be nice if they can pull it off and get to that state championship game. Yeah, and I think all the UP teams in a whole did well yesterday. Uh, Menominee rolled against Charlevoix. Yep, Menominee rolled with Charlevoix. Kingsford and the, had a wrestling match, but got through. Oh, I was getting updates on that one as well. Ogama Heights got a good team, and Kingsford came from behind, and I think it was 1914. Yeah. So they're gonna play. I don't know if you even know this. Who they're gonna Frank play? Frankenmuth. Yeah. If they was fourth and one, what do you think they're going to run, Oge? <laughs> Midline bitch. Yeah. So uh, Oge is familiar with the Frankenmuth coaches, good guys that came up to the UP clinic. But um, obviously we'll be pulling for the Flivers. Um, Coach Navarre and those guys down there 
And I think Menominee is going to play an old, another old nemesis of us. Um, they're going to be playing McBain. I think McBain's going to make the trek to Raymond Blush Stadium in Menominee. Uh, McBain's coached by an old buddy of mine, Pat Maloney, who I played against in the semifinals one year and defeated McBain. So um, good for them. But, yeah, the UP teams did well. Iron Mountain got through against Ishpeming, which wasn't really a surprise. And Iron Mountain now will take on Beale City, I wow. believe. So that's going to be a battle. In unbelievable Division Eight that side. So Iron Mountain is loaded. And Coach Marlowe's got a great team. And we're pulling for those guys to beat everybody and win that title. But So they're going to play Beals at Beale City Friday night, I believe. Uh, Beale City was up 35-0 on Muskegon Catholic Central. And they rolled them. And the other side of it is unreal. Ithaca, who has been a Division Six power last week, held off a great Fowler team, 28-27. And this week, Ithaca beat another powerhouse in New Lothrop, 29-28. So that's one side of it. And the other side is, you know, no, nobody... nobody where, where is the Iron Mountain game? It's at Beale City. At Beale City? Yep. And then the other side of that one is Harbor Beach and Ubley, who both are state, former state champions. So Division Eight is tough. Um, Nagani got beat by Gladstone, so Gladstone will be moving on to the regionals there. Um, so good, yeah, a lot of UP teams still alive, and uh, I'm excited. Like I said, I check scores every Friday night, Saturday, so I'll probably watch a couple games today. Yeah, college ranks. Uh, Tech rolled yesterday, which really wasn't a surprise. Uh, Minot State's been struggling. Huskies had a good, solid win, um, controlled the game right from the start. Um, not much more to add on that. Matt got dinged up. Did you see I that? I saw that. He saw, had it's, a little hitch in his giddy-up, I saw. the uh, Like an oblique injury yeah. is what it was. I wasn't sure, but I saw him in that, that kickoff after. I saw when he got dinged up, and then that next kickoff, he was really laboring down the field. So he was over last night, and uh, he sneezed one time in the in the bar at the lake, and you could see the pain that that thing yeah. caused. So I'm a little worried about that. I don't know if that's something. You always hear about that with baseball players. Right. So this was something totally different. He's never had anything like this to deal with. And how it happens or why it happens, I don't know. But we'll see what happens there going forward. So good win for the Huskies. Um, Notre Dame lost to Clemson. Right. That was one that, that was a note on, on the, 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 sorry, Division One games yesterday. UCLA. They got trounced, didn't yeah, they, by they Arizona did. and by the Arizona. desert. So those are two two big losses. And the other one I, that I think Alabama uh they're coming around right now. I think Coach Saban's probably pretty pleased with their win, too. Yeah, that's, LSU. A huge, that's a huge win for those guys. Um, LSU had beaten them last year, I believe. A um, couple games that I thought of, um, my Kansas Jayhawks rolled again. Yeah, did you? Yeah, I know. They, you, were, it, they were underdogs, too, in that game, which I still can't believe. They are playing well. Coach Leipold's got those guys playing well. They're going to be a tough out. I should have went with that, too. I didn't. It's two weeks in a row. He pushed me on Kansas, and I backed out. you got to start listening to me. Oh, I got your best interest at heart here. Yeah. Uh, the other one I thought, well, did you see the Washington-USC game? Yeah. Well, I saw What's-His-Face crying in the stands. Yeah, that happens. I, yeah, at 50, I mean, it was unbelievable. 52-42? Something. Zero defense whatsoever. What's got Basil so wound up over there? You. It'd be nice if uh, that, she took a nap. Um, Big Ten games. Michigan State somehow gets a win. Uh, Michigan started off really really well in that game against Purdue, and then they kind of stumbled around a little bit in that second quarter. But um, they got the job done as well with all the ridiculous distractions. Harbaugh's keeping those guys laser-focused moving forward. Ohio State rolls. Um, and how about our Iowa Hawkeyes? Boy, uh, the over-under was like 
30 at the in 30, North? 31, which, I, I mean, that's ridiculous in itself that a, <laughs> that a college football game is going to have an over-under at 31, and the under was obviously well played. 7 nothing. Was it 10 7? 10-7. 10-7 final. What was that? Remember that little thing I sent you on Iowa? Yeah. I mean, this is beyond belief. Let's see if I can find this. Um, what was the stat there? Yeah, Iowa's in sole possession of first place in the Big Ten West. Iowa has scored the fewest points of any team in the entire Big Ten. How in the hell can that be, hey? Defense wins championships. Oh. I mean, that's, that's just ugly, ugly football, and they're doing it without their quarterback. But uh, other than that, what else in the Big Ten? Anything? Um. Did Roll the Bolt get beat? Yeah, Illinois beat beat him. TJ took one on the chin. Uh, uh, Jesse from Appleton sent us a nice rebuttal from his father, if you saw that. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, he can go cry in his closet or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know. But, yeah, that was a good football. Next weekend, um, Michigan and Ohio – not Ohio State, Penn, Penn State. State. So that'll be a – that's a big game. Oh, yeah. We finally get these people who are complaining about Michigan's schedule. I mean, you, you, you got to play the cards you're dealt, I guess, but – so finally, they'll get a. That'll be a big game for them. Um, how about how about a little volleyball? We're big volleyball fans, aren't we? Yeah, back in the high school side of things here, the both of our our schools here, Calumet girls. Of course, we had a little volleyball preview earlier, a few months back, and talked to Coach Bonacorsi about her team, and they are undefeated and continue to roll. And you know, these are the games now that that'll set them up for another run and potentially a state championship. So they got their regionals this week. Uh, Manistique, who's always had, they've had a solid program yeah, too. Yeah, I think that'll be a good matchup for the for the. I, I was going to call them the Copper Queens, but I won't do it for for the Kings volleyball program. That's going to be a good battle for them. Yep, and uh, good to see the Lakes get through a district also. Yeah, Lakes won their district the other night. They're going to play Forest Park down in. I think they're playing in Ewan. Oh really? Yeah, regional in Ewan there. So uh, South Branch will be hopping. Mm, yeah. Other than that, what else? We got the World Series was wrapped up over the week. Um, ended up being not yeah. very good. I mean, we watched the best two games, I guess, those last weekend. Right. That that last game, game five, was that was a good baseball game. Texas kind of got their way. You know, they had some, yeah, they had, had some big chance. ninth inning. Yeah, but that was a it was a good baseball game to watch. But you know, we can complain all you want about the teams that they're not. But you know what? They won. They they did what they were supposed to do. They got there. So congratulations to those guys. First ever. Right. Corey Seager, MVP. Bruce Bochy's a stud manager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's is that his third team that he's won the I think World so, yeah. so. So. Yeah. So that's uh that's all we got on the World Series there. And then how about uh, passing of Coach Bob Knight? Yeah, got to bring that up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never really known what to think of that guy or where my thoughts were on Bobby Knight. He, such a polarizing figure. Um, what are you doing? That's my phone ringing. I'm, I'm shutting it off. It's hard to focus on things. when I got I got a lot of irons in the fire here. We're in uh, Crouchy's. New studio, by the way. Is it Studio One? I guess so. Studio, <laughs> studio One, um, second second floor of his uh, of his pad out here in the Gay Hill, and did a nice job setting this up. Anyway, Bobby Knight, could you play for him? Boy, I don't know. Probably. I mean, it, it's certainly uh, the stories with him involving going back to the Steve Elford days, Damon Bailey. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, like I said, just a total polarizing figure, one of the great coaches of all time. Uh, I just enjoyed during the week going through some of the stuff on Twitter about, uh, you know, his some of his press conferences, you know, his quotes from over the years. The the guys the guys that love him are were dedicated to him and but it's hard to condone some of his things that he did over the years, whether it was two athletes or some of the things he did during press conferences. So he's a, he's a tough one for me to give my view on, but certainly he's a, one of the great coaches of all time. Remember when he brought the bullwhip to the press conference? Like some of the stuff is just over the top. I've always liked the discipline, how disciplined, and, and he got, like he never had the best team in the country very often, right? He got a lot out of those guys, and like you said, the guys that, that loved him loved him, and the guys that hated him. I mean, there doesn't seem like there was a lot of middle ground there. But, uh, Did you read Season on the Brink? I have it somewhere. Actually, I got it over there. Some, I think that's somewhere over in my uh, my library. Yeah, I, I've never read that. I don't know. I should have. You know, I, I think I well, probably should have before I started coaching, I guess. But there's a lot of talk about that book this week. And the one thing I thought heard was interesting, you know, there was a lot of uh, – what's the guy name? Uh, the guy's name, NCAA uh, ESPN commentator. Jay Billis? Yeah, Jay Billis. So he had, he had some good comments and quotes on a couple of the radio shows this week, and I didn't realize he had such a relationship with uh, with Bobby Knight. But the, the one thing when they asked him about if there was any regrets um, that, that he thought Coach Knight might have had, over the years of anything that he did, the one thing he brought up was he, he uh, regretted the way things ended relationship-wise with uh, Coach K. There were some issues with those mm-hmm. two at the end, and I think that was the one thing that Coach Knight probably regretted, how he handled that and, and how that relationship kind of deteriorated over the last few years. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, he did it. And like I said, his, at his press conference, he played what was it, the song, Did It My Way. Well, yeah, he always sure. did, whether you liked him or hate him. Um, he was a, a coaching icon. Um, and, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all times, whether you liked him or not. And interesting UP story, we go back to when he recruited Todd Lindemann. Uh, my sources are telling me that he was kicked out of a tavern in Iron Mountain. Really? Yep. Which one? I, I probably shouldn't say it because I don't know if the Ramanolis want me to, to want to know that was that. But I, I, I had heard that. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'd heard legend of uh, he had irritated <clears throat> one of somebody in there and they he was politely asked to leave. But... Huh. Such is life, I guess. Um, our apparel store is open. We've got some cool things on there. The hats, I mean, nice hats, long sleeve shirts, short sleeve shirts, quarter zips, sweatshirts. Chooks. Yeah. I think they call them beanies, but they're form hats. I wonder how many people on this that listen to this actually know what the hell a chook is. Well, if they don't, then maybe they shouldn't be listening. Maybe they should find other podcasts because this is a chook is kind. I'm actually surprised you don't have one on today. Nah, it's close. I'll probably get one on. I gotta do some raking when I get home, so I'll probably throw one on then. But just so you know, sometimes Oge wears a chuck in the hot tub. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, what? Uh, we got to talk a little Northern Arizona, I guess, yeah, right? We do. Well, let's let's talk about our Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. Um, we had a little banter back and forth with Coach Burkar. They should be probably heading out to out to the East Coast today. Uh, let's take a look at their schedule a little bit. We'll kind of look at the first part of the schedule because obviously that's a really, really important part. They had a scrimmage yesterday with an NAI school, but they should be probably departing sometime afternoon today to head out to Connecticut. Yeah, taking on defending national champion UConn on Monday night. 
7.30 tip-off, I believe. I think it's 6.30. 6.30? Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be hard to find. Yeah, I was hoping something would be on ESPN2 or something, but um, I don't know if we'll be able to watch it, just kind of keep track of things there. It's going to obviously a big-time challenge. I think they're, if I remember right, I think they're about a 23-and-a-half-point underdog. I think you are right. I heard Mad Dog talking about that on the radio. Yeah, so we'll see. Um Obviously, that's going to be a big challenge. But like he said, they're going to play the best. They're going to go after it, try to compete the best they can, make them better in the long run. You know, see where they're at after the first 10 minutes and, and go from there. Yeah, and we have an interview that we'll play here with, with Coach Burkhardt about this game. And, you know, we talked how they played at Michigan State, and then they he played at number one Gonzaga a couple of years ago. So I love the fact that they're just playing playing the best that they can possibly play. You know, win, lose, or draw, your program's going to be better. Um, UConn's going to be hanging their banner. That so I mean, what a cool experience for those guys. So it, it'll be a it'll be a, a battle. There's no question about it. They're going to have to play well. Um, and then they coming away next. Then on the 12th, they're going to be playing Grand Canyon University. Did you hear Mad Dog talking about that? On the I radio? did. I caught that same thing. He was pretty impressed with them. Yeah, he saw them play. So uh, coming off of UConn, uh, the lumber the lumberjacks are going to play Grand Canyon, and apparently Grand Canyon's pretty darn good as well. I, I'm just when you look at the schedule, it just blows my mind that they they only have two home games between the start of this season and December 16th. They don't play at home till December 2nd against Pacific. Well, that November 21st game I'd like to go to. Oh yeah, at yeah, at Hawaii. That's so the Grand Canyon's round two, so that's or game two, um, and then then it's Seattle University. Then they have a little tournament. Looks like oh, it's in Phoenix, so that's not too bad. Purdue, Fort Wayne, South Dakota, um, VMI. Yep. So you got the Hawaii game, and Cal Santa Barbara. But yeah, December second, first home game against Pacific. So there's some traveling and some road games, but it'll feel good for them to get home, and hopefully they have some couple W's along along the way. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and do what I can tomorrow night to follow that UConn game. Um, see how Northern Arizona stacks up with them. Be, would, what if they pull that off? Would that be uh, unreal? Hey? Oh, jeez. You know, and uh, without keep reiterating what we're going to hear from uh, Coach Burkhardt's interview, but just playing those teams is such a good thing for that for their school. So let's take a let's take a second here and let's listen to what Coach Burkhardt had to say about this UConn game. All right, so as we look at uh, Northern Arizona's schedule here, um, one of the first games they have coming up is one that um, a lot of teams wouldn't want to play. But knowing Coach Burkhardt and how he always wants to be better and get better and get his kids and create an experience, they're they're gonna they're gonna be playing at UConn the night they hang the banner. Yeah, we got the got the great story about the Michigan State situation a year ago, and I'm sure there's gonna be another one with this. But this has got to be exciting, Coach. Well, no, and you know we talked about it last time. You know, kind of like you guys, I'd give you guys a call and. We're not figuring out the plans how to get to UConn. We're going. The the answer is yes. Uh, so our schedule was full, and then UConn contacted me. Uh, we hired a GA from there last year, Coach Tim Russo, who's 24 years old, and he won a national championship. A young man at 24 years old. He was in three spots within 90 days. He is at in Houston, won a national championship. He's at the White House. And then, then he came to the great city of Flagstaff to work for NAU. So that kind of worked out for us where our schedule was full. And as a Division One team, you can play non-D1 games. So that might be – what we try to do is play Arizona schools, like an NAIA school, 
that is, you know, trying to build their program. You build that relationship where if their players they're recruiting are really good and they're a Division One player, then, you know, we kind of get a lead on those guys and kind of build their program and have a great working relationship. So so I was going back and forth with UConn, and, and most of those non-D1 games are, are wins, right? So to take a win, I, I'm not too concerned about that. I'd rather have that experience for our players, and I talked to a couple of our guys. I already knew what their answer would be. And without question, we want to go play UConn. And to open up at UConn when they're hanging a banner, no matter what happens that night, obviously we're going to go and get in a basketball fist fight and, you know, and battle our butts off. And, you know, but we, we know what we're getting into. They're preseason number six in the country right now. But to play that game is only going to benefit us and our players. And it helps our recruitment and, and, you know, for me, it'll make me a better coach. It'll make our players better. Uh, we were fortunate enough a couple of years ago to play at number one Gonzaga, and it made us a better basketball team. So it came about with that. Like we had to, you know, cancel a game and reschedule a game for the 24-25 season. And, uh, you know, we're called – these are called buy games. Um, so we're getting bought by UConn and, um, you know, helping the university and – and that's another thing. It's a one-game trip across the country, but it's motivation to see that banner being hung. And it'll be we'll be the first NAU team ever to play at a defending national championship team hanging a banner. And you know, it's motivation for us to go win a big sky. And you know, the other part, guys, is you know, we're dreamers where we're gonna get to the NCAA tournament. We'll play one of those type of teams, but on a neutral court. It won't be in front of 10,000 Husky fans. Yeah, exactly. Now, November 6th, correct? Yeah, November 6th, opening night. I think it's, uh, I don't know what, is it 7.30 back home? 6.30 or 7.30 back home. But um, I don't can, know what it's going to be on a big game. East. I think yeah, that, you guys will be up for that game. You guys, I hope for that one for sure. <laughs> I, think, I think we both are going to be sick that day. We could probably, uh, Bojo will drive us out there. <laughs> yeah. Have you, you met Coach Hurley? Have you met Coach Hurley at all? No, I met Bobby Hurley, which is, you know, we played Bobby Hurley last year at ASU, but I've not met his brother, Danny, and I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, sometimes when you play these big-time schools, after the game, you talk to the coaches, and this is what I'm seeing from your team. This is what I'm seeing from our team. So you got to pick their brain on things, too. Awesome. So it's a win-win. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's, like I said, the, the fact that you get the opportunity and – you know, some teams would be like you mentioned, be worried about getting wins and stuff like that. But the the experience is going to be second to none. Um, and and I I only I take my hat off to you for for scheduling that. That is what a great experience for your your program and your whole university. I'm gonna I bet you the student body is going to be pumped for that game as well. Yeah, there'll be a couple places we'll have watch parties here, and you know that's we really when we went to the Big Sky Championship last year. One of the one of the coolest parts of it is how the guys were showing me after on social media, all the local establishments, all the watch parties and people going crazy. So, yeah, so it'll be a good um, fundraiser or moneymaker for the local establishments here. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate you saying that, Crouchy, because a lot of people think I'm crazy to play those games. But, you know, I have a great athletic director and we're going to be judged by what we do in a Big Sky conference. And I don't think that game can only can do anything but benefit us oh that like I said, it, it gives your kids a chance to see that level and, and like you said be a dreamer you know maybe that may motivate those guys to, to get their game to the next level and and, and you know the dividends that you are going to pay off for your program 
win, lose, or draw. Yeah, no doubt. And that'll be our mindset, too. We're not going to let one game affect our whole season. Your Northern Arizona basketball update has been brought to you by Poor Man's Epoxy, your choice of local handcrafted epoxy products in Lakeland and Michigan. No custom project is too big or too small. Check out poormansepoxy.com or contact Brett at 369-0684 to get your project started. You ready for Crouchy's Corner today, Oge? I am ready. Yeah, we got a, we, we got a good one. And, and you know that Crouchy's Corner is brought to you by Level Up Branded Apparel, the official provider of SS3TP. See Brendan or Sean for all your organization's embroidery, screen printing, or personalized needs. Visit us at levelupembroidery.com. And who do we got today? Well, this is a guy that we've known for many, many years. I think it kind of piggybacks on the John Vara interview from a few weeks back, correct? It, it sure does. Um, Mike Mackey was longtime boys basketball coach at Jeffers, um, involved in high school sports in the Copper Country forever, many, many years, including athletic director at Calumet for a number of years when I was, when I was over there and still uh, coaching. Uh, coached against us in high school. Yep, he sure um, did. And many years of officiating football, so some great stories. Yeah, I, this was good, and I think it, it was fun fun to sit down and talk with Mac. Uh, he had his notes out in front of him, but it, so once we once we got going, you could see that the memories rolling out, and um, what what a great interview. So let's let our tens of fans listen to what Coach Mackey has to say. Okay, so today, Oge, we are sitting with another UP legend in Mike Mackey. He is a longtime coach, official, and current member of the UP Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, committee, so we are honored to have Coach Mackey here today. Coach Mackey, how are you? Uh, doing fine. Hoping it doesn't snow too much today. <laughs> very well could. It's getting to that time. We are uh, at Mac's house here in the morning having a cup of coffee and want to get some stories from you. Um, you know, you just mentioned a few things, Coachy, but AD for many years, coach at Jeffers for many years, boys basketball coach, officiated forever, among other things played a few sports yourself right well uh i could probably count all my fingers and toes uh with all the different sports i've played uh i wish i would have spent some time making some money but (laughs) you're making memories instead i spent it i spent all the money playing (laughs) yeah well let's start with 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 coaching um obviously oj and i have been around the coaching scene you were coaching when we were when we were players and through there, um, some of the some of the memories, you know, yeah. characters that you encountered as a, as a Jeffers coach. Uh, what what are some of the things that stand out to you in all your years as as a coach? Well, one thing that really stands out, seeing we're sitting here with Oge, uh, we played them in, I believe it was ninety two, ninety one, ninety one, at uh, Tech, and we were in a position. Should we make this last shot of the game? We beat them, and I had set up a beautiful play, of course. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> uh, I uh, I had a ball screen on the inbounder, and he was going to go to the corner and shoot a three, and we'd walk home a winner. Well, somehow, being the basketball wizard that he is, he smelled out that screen, and he stepped over it and cut off my shooter, and. Uh, the shooter was Steve Nordstrom. He was a good three-point shooter, but by the time he shot it, by the time he got it off, the defense was right in his face because Oge 
screwed up the screen by stepping over it. No, I got to ask you a question on this now because I we read, missed the shot. Because because if you make a comment about defense, <laughs> I mean. He, <laughs> Now, we all know Oge can shoot, but do you think he really pl- played over the screen, or do you think he just got out of the way of the screen and dummied himself into guarding Nordy? I think he stumbled, and it happened <laughs> to go in the right direction. Hey, what I remember about that, first of all, you had a hell of a team. Yes, we did. Which we had a very good team. We did also, and, and we had just brought up the fact in the regionals the next week, yeah. one of the two of us was going to be playing against North Dickinson, who just happens to have a seven-footer that goes to Indiana and plays for four years. Now, what in the hell are the odds of that in the UP? It uh, it was very slim. In fact, I remember heading down for that game after we had been beaten to watch them, and they got beat on Friday night, so we never did see them in the state tournament. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But that play, it seemed like there was, if I remember right, it seemed like your kids came out, and before the ball was even handed to your inbounder, yeah, they kind of got to their spot a little early, yeah. where I I sensed you know, okay what was going on. Nordy's inbounding the ball. Somebody's coming up to set a screen. The ref hadn't even handed the ball yet, right. so you know you kind of kind of well, figured out. So it wasn't timed really well, but that was a hell of a game. Um, and the other thing I remember about that is our junior on our team, uh, Tommy Kuzna, had one of the best games he had in his yeah. junior year. You know he had twenty plus points in that game. Yeah, well. You always came out with 14 guys I could start anywhere around yeah. here. Uh, but the worst part of that play was, it was probably the coach's fault. I uh, I had a guy that was red hot, Steve Lorla, in the yep. middle. And I chose not to go for the two. And he never missed a shot, I don't think, that whole game hardly. He was a great player. Baseline shoot, yeah, he was tough that game. But he was in the, around the free throw area, he was just 100%. And I go... In my in my stupidity, I go try to go to the three point line in the corner, which because I figured for sure nobody'd ever know that he was going to get it. They'd be looking for Laurel, but that would have gone for a tie. So well, you weren't going to win in overtime anyway, so it was probably a good good decision. Go for the win right there. Go cause... for all the marbles. Anyway, yeah. Well, and 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 Mac, one of the things over the years people ask us about great memories from our playing days, and, yeah. and Oj just brought up this game many times. So it's yeah. it's, it's kind of. Kind of fitting that you bring it up while yeah. we sit here and talk. You know, he's that's been a, a great memory of his his career. So yeah. um, that obviously, and again, I was on the short end of both playing both of you guys that year. We, uh, I think, you probably beat us by a combined two hundred points in all those <laughs> games. But both had great teams. I remember all those guys, and you know, I've heard both of you guys talk about those, these games as well. Yeah, yeah, there uh, a lot of memories. They're scattered all over the place. You know, I can remember, for instance. In 1959, if anybody's alive out there that uh, yet from that time, <laughs> my dad. Yeah, you might remember this name, Don Matson. Oh yeah, from Chassel. Well, they were playing Berrigan at uh, at the brand new Armory, grand opening of the Armory, first game in there, and we're at Berrigan. The place is packed. Chassel is behind by one point, and the clock's running out. Don Matson is standing out there having a butt at half court. <laughs> He's dribbling out there, you know. Uh, the fans are, what's going on? There was no three-point line or anything like that at mm-hmm. that time. But he's out there just bouncing the ball, and Berga's defense is back by the top of the circle. You know, he's not, not going to get in here. Nobody even went out to guard him. Clock's going, going. Is he going to run the clock out or what? He's eight or nine feet past the circle. 
Suddenly he jumps up, shoots a jump shot, ball game. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first memory of All-American Don Madsen. That's how you set up a play to win a game right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Boom. Bang. Yeah. There's a, here's one story I remember, too. It, we talked a lot about, I'm going back to the U and Trout Creek crew, but I remember we had mentioned the 1982 ETC team that went to the state championship game. 105 to 94. There you go. <laughs> but I remember as a 10-year-old kid. I was there. So was I. And I remember at the house in Ewan, which you were at, and you pulled yep. you pulled in that night because you came down to Ewan to scout. ETC played Berga. And Berga had a hell of a team. And Ewan just rolled them in the gym. Just rolled them. Yeah. Probably by 30. And I remember you stopped over at the house after the game, had a beer with my dad or whatever. And I didn't really know you. I'm the kid, but I remember yeah. sitting there and you walked in and I remember you just going, holy shit, we have no chance with that team. <laughs> and I was listening. And I, I remember you talking to my dad about watching that game. Yeah. I think the only time we ever beat Ewan is when it actually was Ewan, the Bulldogs. <laughs> yep, yep. And they had a pretty good center that I don't recall his name now. But that's when, when I was in high school. We beat them, but once you guys combined with Trout Creek or whoever you went with, Choate. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and Mac, you know, you're talking about your game with Oge, and I remember uh, the following year after that, you still had a pretty good team. It would have been in 92, and, and oh, yeah. I was a senior that year, and we played three times in the regular season of the district, and you beat us by one, two, and three points, and yeah. I believe you guys went on to win that district that year. We did. That's the only district I ever won, you know, which uh, was kind of disappointing because even though it was a good team, we had some better ones. For sure. But Norty and Snell were the, uh, Chad Snell and Steve Nordstrom were very good players. Mm -hmm. And we had a, you know, the other guys were, you know, adequate, but uh, we ran into a, a Beatty Knock team out of down by Escanaba, and they were huge, 6'5". Mm -hmm. We didn't even, we just got buzzed at the <laughs> field house. That, that was uh, uh, kind of a nightmare experience. We were hoping we could have done better than that. Well, at least you didn't play a seven-footer. No. <laughs> Probably felt like it, though, eh? Yeah. I rarely had a six-footer. <laughs> rarely at center. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding you. In 600 games, I mean, it, we had maybe 6'3", Al Olsen, and... Uh, maybe I had one other kid, six, four, or five now. He's presently the sheriff of uh, Houghton County. Sorry. <laughs> Talking about Hedgecock, I just brought that up, and that's been a part of our show. A few episodes we've mentioned the memories there, and of course, you got to coach in one game, but a lot of memories for the regionals over the years. I remember being with you a little bit as a younger kid, too, at the hotel in the Ramada and watching those games. Yeah, yeah. people don't know what they're missing. You know, there is talk about building another gym there, et cetera, et cetera, so you could all convene at one spot and watch more than one game a, a day, which is really the what I don't like about this setup. Uh, but you could, we'd get out of school on Wednesday and we'd stay till Sunday. Yep. And you'd see class sometimes B, C, D, and E up to 1960. Mm -hmm. E uh, ceased to exist after 60, but uh, the fans don't know what they're missing. Yeah, and we, oh, yeah. we, we tried to we tried to explain the experience about how it was it was just what everybody did, right? It's regionals. Oh. It's kind of like deer season, right? You know, right. everything shuts down for deer season. Everything was 
shut down. Everybody convened in Marquette. And unfortunately, there's a whole generation that's missing out on, I think, one of the greatest experiences the UP has. And had, I should say. For those of you that socialize, it was a hell of a social. <laughs> you got there, right? I mean, you could go into some establishments and you couldn't fall down in there. They were packed. You think Flanagan's made a few bucks over the weekend? He made a few bucks over the weekend. Yes, he did. Uh, that was a favorite spot. Uh, right. Ewan, Ewan's favorite spot was Herbs and Mary's on the way home. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Ramada Inn right across from Flanagan's and then, you know, quick quick ride to Hedgecock. I mean, it was it was beautiful. And, I, yeah. you know, I was fortunate enough as a kid to get be able to go to all that, you know. Right. Take two days off of school and just hang out with all the coaches or sort of hang out with them, you know. Yeah. But it was a blast. And well, was, I remember 5,000 people in there for the Wakefield Lawns game. And it was common to have four in there. Mm-hmm. You know, people just flocked to that place. Right. I miss Ducky Perrin at the PA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Bimbo brought him yeah, up. Yeah, Bimbo brought up Ducky. License number XZ456781322. Your license plate is blocking the parking lot. I always remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac, let, let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, like I said, we could probably tell stories all day long. <laughs> Um, you, you were also one of the things that we try to do is promote officiating and, and, and things. And you, you obviously were a football official for many, many years, worked with a, a pretty good crew, right? You know, I, I, and we're going to, you know, I'm sure you could tell some stories about some road trips over the years and, and games and Maybe stuff. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, going back and think, looking at your career as an official, um, you know, I'm, I'm, and we're trying to emphasize the positives, right? And, and more often than not, games, specific games or relationships, coaches. Um, what are some of the memories you have of your days as an official? Well, I certainly remember all of the uh, sessions in the car on the way to the games. You had to participate, and Bob, the master scully, was running the show. You, you, you know, you, you had to be able to take criticism Positive criticism, of course, but uh, if you aren't up for that, you aren't working on his crew. He was, uh, he started in the 50s in Wayne County, and uh, I think he went at least 50 years. Mm-hmm. And he's still with us down in Naples, Florida, having some issues, but uh, he knew more football than most of us will ever know, you know, ever. Mm-hmm. He was really good and he, he was firm and uh, he was like uh, almost like a drill instructor. He would just, he's like Ernie Toivin. <laughs> I remember Ernie, yeah. yeah. Still. But we, uh, we did a lot of games, many semifinal games at the Dome. I remember the first time I went on there, I almost fell down. It was so grippy. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. I said, I can't run here. I couldn't run anyway. <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, and probably my, I mean, yeah, we could tell a lot of stories about on the way home, for instance, <laughs> but uh, uh, on the serious side, my the best time I had was at uh, Pontiac Silverdome in 93. I did a final there, and uh, I did find out that our crew was better than theirs. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a couple. Do you remember what game it was? Onstead and Hart. Forward. Okay. They were both south of uh, Ann Arbor. Uh, I always thought it was Heartland, but it wasn't. The, that was by Brighton. Hartford was down south a little further. Okay. 
But what I don't remember is who won. Even I'm better. A, I'm an official. I didn't. Yeah. It was double C. I, I don't even remember having that. Yeah, I was going to say, they are probably Class C schools at that time. I double bet. C. Double C? Yeah. Yeah, I got a whole... Oh, I can't get it. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously you did a lot of big games. Um, do you, is there any that come to mind locally over those years that just were, when you got in the car afterwards, you looked at each other and went, holy moly, was that a was that a doozy, you know? Is there any, any games that come to mind? I can remember the weather, no, especially suppose, yeah. uh, or the field conditions. I Boy, that Superior like. Dome was nice, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Late... We kind of dreaded going to Lake Linden, especially after it rained, because you know we kind of renamed it Goose Poop Field. Yeah, maybe not that kindly. Yeah, I, I've been on there a couple times. I've seen the little the, I, I call them little turds, but they're not. Oh yeah, that that thing was a quagmire. But uh, and now in the opposite end, I remember doing a game over in Ewan. Uh, the coach was crying like a baby, and Ron was. Warner was playing them. They had to play him for playoff points, mm -hmm. and he was ahead 40 to nothing. And the Ewan coach just whined and whined and whined. I had three layers of clothes on. I, I think the windshield was 30 below. I played in that. That was 91. The field was frozen. Oh, it was cold. Yeah, the ice. Yeah, we actually played in tennis shoes that day instead of cleats. Yeah. If that's the game you're talking yeah, about, well, in you had to be. Yeah, the, was that the year after? Uh, yeah, year. that would have been my senior year, and we were undefeated in in ninety one, ninety two season. Yeah, ninety one, ninety two season. That field, the field was it, not not kidding, legitimately frozen, and it was windy and it was cold. Yeah. The water puddles were that thick with ice. Yeah, you couldn't break them. The ducks didn't know what to do. Yeah. They were usually in the puddles over there. But uh, <laughs> you know, right offhand, I, I remember a lot of uh, six inches of snow up in Gwyn. Uh, snow filling up my ears at Houghton. It, you know, the weather was always a factor. And, uh, and of course, you got, on your best day, you're only half right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you always got criticized. But uh, Bob was real firm, you know, if the ball was loose, he said, do not blow the whistle till you see it in somebody's hand. Keep the whistle out of your mouth. He'd just drill you, you know. Mm -hmm. So... Well, we, I'm going to bring it up because it's been on, been talked about in at least two episodes, but the 81 game, Lake Linden, Besmer, mm -hmm. the kick at the end. Right. What do you remember about it? I remember a lot. Uh, I was responsible, well, I, for making the correct call. Uh, I had read the officials comic book which is an illustrated version of the rules and it clearly showed that the ball had to go clearly between the goal posts so this ball landed like a goose laid an egg up there <laughs> or, or, or turd if it was in Lake yeah. London right <laughs> it landed right on top of the goal post and our referee called it good and I had to go, you know, everybody was screaming and yelling. It was a great, you know, I think the game would have maybe would have been over at that point or something. It was. Yeah. And uh, I reluctantly had to go and talk to Bob, the head referee, and tell him that that field goal is no good. And uh, I gained a lot of fame <laughs> from that call. But it was the correct call. I actually had somebody from the oppo opposing team 
tell me that he saw it exactly like I called it. So that made me feel good because I was thinking, I said, well, I couldn't have seen this wrong. I saw it bounce off the top of the post. That wasn't Coach Gallinow that said that, though. No, it was, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Well, Gallinow kept saying it for weeks after. Weeks. And I talked to Gal this fall and he brought up. We've actually, we've talked to Coach Gal about that yeah. game. And he was very, very nice about it. Uh, we've co talked to Coach Warner. Yeah. And then obviously your partner in crime, Mr. Vara. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody has the same story. And, you know, Gal's is a little bit skewed. But, you know, we're just amazed. I mean, we're almost 50 years. That's almost 50 years yeah. ago, right? And, um, well, it's such a big call. I mean, it was playoffs. Yeah. And it was. In, and one of the things we brought up earlier is that you couldn't get into the playoffs back in those days. Oh. It was so hard, and, and Besmer needed, needed yeah. that win. Yeah. Many teams were undefeated and never got in. Hancock, I can think of, Barriga. Yep. They didn't get in. I think Hancock maybe twice. Yep. We did, we did a show with that with Coach Slani and that Rich, whole, yeah. oh, the 84, 83 team, which they, they were, you know, he said they were probably responsible for changing the system. Yeah. You know? I, I believe that, yeah. So. Okay, Mac, um, then last thing we've been doing is a lot of people we talk to are UP Hall of Famers, um, obviously because they great accomplishments but you're, you you've got kind of assumed a new hat now and you're one of the people that gets to decide um the, the people that are worthy and you're on the committee the up sports hall of fame committee um what are what are some of the things maybe you could share with our tens of fans about the process for that and what goes into because obviously it can't be an easy decision you know it can't be easy thing and it's it's something that you probably got you take very seriously yeah we we have uh, roughly a 21, 22 person committee and you are not permitted to discuss among your committee the merits of a candidate. All you can do is vote. Mm -hmm. So that's how we do it. And granted it's not always fair. Uh, and there are several hundred candidates that I can think of that are deserving. I mean really good candidates and to be honest most or almost 100 percent of them will never get in just because you only get 10 a year and you're getting 18 to 20 applicants so you're losing ground and there has been discussion of, you know trying to maybe increase the number of candidates there are a lot of different versions but at this point, it's the best we have. Well, it's a nice problem to have. That means yeah. there's a lot of people that have had great accomplishments in the Upper Peninsula. And if oh. the decision was easy, that might be bad too. So it, it's, it's a daunting task, no doubt. You'd be, uh, well, you wouldn't be amazed, but you know that the UP is full of great athletes. And it's amazing how many they are. And they're not just your local town star. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys have been to the pros and, you know, you name it. We got a lot of those type of candidates, and there's no banter or discussion between the deciding members. That's right. That's interesting. I didn't yeah, I guess know I would have never known that. So you, you look at it as your your view on it, and go, and then whoever else they. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, you know you you hate to criticize the system because what's the better one? Right. Right. And that's what's been fair. Well, you don't want to turn it into an all-conference meeting where right arguing you know, back and forth. Yeah, with I mean, and pretty soon you got ten all-conference teams, and you don't have enough players to right. even with the number of awards you're handing out. Yeah, you're handing out. I mean, I've been a part of a lot of those. 
said, how do you make all conference? You didn't even start on his team. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Oh, I've, I've heard some of those we, stories. Yeah, that's a story for probably off the air. But Or MVP didn't. I remember the Funky Award. Mm -hmm. It used to be the MVP of the Copper Country. Right. And I know of a, star, a player that didn't start who won that. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I was a little upset with that one. But Yeah, and like you said, this, the system, you know, it's what you have, right? You, you got to play yeah. by the rules that, that are out there and, yeah. and, and what would be better. And, you know, I, I just think it's such a, an, a, a great thing for you. Obviously, you've been around for a I won't mention how many years, but you've seen yeah. a lot. And even now in your retirement, you're still I still see you all over the place yeah. at games and yeah. things like that. So somebody, your expertise, I'm, I'm glad to see people in our area. Your yeah. UP is getting to tap into your pool of knowledge. We generally have, I mean, our, our uh, committee is pretty knowledgeable. There, uh, you know, there's a dog from every town. Mm -hmm. So it's spread out. That was one thing that was changed a little bit they divided it up so every area had a rep uh, you were seeing too many for instance from marquette and you weren't getting anybody from painesdale or somewhere like that right, so right. now you have a rep for everybody well you know you think anyway yeah but uh, and you know i just want to mention too that you know over the years teaching and coaching kelly that you were athletic director while I was coaching basketball and football yeah. and, and uh, just compliment you on what you did there for the number yeah. of years you were there before Joxie took over and yeah um, so you know that was some probably some fond memories for you there too being an AD and I'm sure some not so fond ones but just yeah. another another role for you and UP sports yeah well the highlight of it of course it gets pretty close to home here we won a state title in hockey in 03 Right. And my son, John, was the uh, MVP of the Hockey League and a state champion. So, yeah, for sure. You know, great teammates. It was it was fun. And you advanced quite a ways in football a couple of times. They had a pretty nice team, if I, a football yeah. team that in, in those years, too. Yeah, we had they to go were, down to Boyne or something a couple of times. Benzie. Or, I remember, yeah. I think you guys played Benzie. And yeah, that was, uh, we got beat. Yeah, I think it was Benzie. We had two back-to-back -back road trips. Remember that? Right, I do. We, uh, I mean, that team had three to four Division II type football kids on it. Yeah, they were good. And we had some other ones that, you know, we had to fill in some spots, but it was a good team. Yeah, I made both trips. Uh, I ruined a nice football warm-up parka by <laughs> leaning onto a hot stovepipe at the concession stand. <laughs> was, it was so damn cold there, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I had a 42-year uh, sentence in education, and then I subbed for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I haven't gone yet anymore this year. <laughs> the thrill is kind of gone. But uh, I, I guess if I were to choose a job, I couldn't have ch chosen any different or better. You know, it's uh, you didn't make a lot of money, but just to be around sports. And the relationships you build oh. with people, as from your playing days to coaching days, officiating days yeah. to everything, you know. And you can go to almost any town in the UP and you know somebody, almost anyone. Right. But uh, and a lot. You just I go get get a haircut. You know, people 
say hi, Mike. I don't even know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the best parts of being in, being in the UP. But um, Coach Mackey, like I said, we want to thank you for sitting down and talking with us um, and getting you know letting some of our tens of fans know a little bit more about you and all the the great things that you've accomplished in the athletic arena and, and in life. Thanks, Mac. Thank you. Okay, Oge, what do you got for uh, some some picks here today? We got a little wager talk with Oge going here today. We don't have a survivor pool to update because that, that finished up last week. But we do have some NFL games to talk about. Kind of a, yeah, there's a, actually we've got an NFL game going on right now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there, there's, I think there's four four real big games today. Um, and one, Kansas City, Miami is going on as we speak. The one o'clock slate, we have, let's see, who is that big game? Oh, Baltimore against Seattle. Yep. That's a big one. There's a lot of rotten games today. There is. I mean, complete garbage, actually. Um, Four o'clock, of course, that's a big one for me. Cowboys and Eagles, that's always a big game, and this one is going to be huge. It's at Philly. And then the night game is going to be a good one, too, I think. Uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo, I believe. Yeah, that that should be a good game. So those are some those are some big games, but there's a there's some absolute garbage out there today to watch. I mean, it's you know, Lions got to buy. Your Wi-Fi is screwing me up. I'm trying to get this schedule up right now. Nothing's pulling up. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about our picks a little bit last week, and you bounced back, going two out of three. I took a couple tough losses. Cleveland should have they should have won the damn game yeah, and then they, they ended up, then they ended up not covering. Um so that was frustrating. Baltimore led by double digits the whole game and then they give up a, a touchdown late. A right. meaningless touchdown which screwed me out of my nine and a half. So I lost those two. Uh, I did win with Cincinnati. They not only covered but they won. Um so I was one in two last week that dropped dropped me to 10 and 8 overall. You came through with the Vikings against your Packers. Um, got a W there. Uh, Miami getting another win. They were minus eight and a half. They covered. And then you, of course, lost with the Chiefs. They were seven-point favorites, and they did not totally destroy the Denver Broncos like you had were quoted as saying they would last week. I'm pretty sure everybody on the planet thought they were going to destroy the Broncos. but no, You didn't get it. So it's 10-8, yeah. and 10-8. and eight. We are dead even. Wow. Um, and I get, I'm going to take the... Uh, I get first pick this week, or you yeah, get... I think you do. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with, and and I think you'd mentioned it. I'm gonna take the Ravens today. ESPN has that spread at six and a half. I'm gonna take the Ravens. What is? It? Are you on DraftKings? Yep, it's six and a half. I'm looking right now. Finally got it up. So, um, yep. shitty service here. Let's see. So Baltimore is minus six and a half. That's your first one. Yep, over over Seattle. That I get. Has the makings of a good good game, but I think I'm going to take Baltimore at home. Seattle's got to travel across the country. One o'clock start, you know all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Chiefs are up thirteen nothing, by the way, on Miami right now. Third, uh, second quarter. I checked that. I'm going to take the Chiefs. <laughs> almost <laughs> halftime. Oh boy. Um, that Cleveland game is up to thirteen. I can't touch that. You, you never know. Cleveland's hard to trust. That's a lot of points. I think. Uh, I'm going to go down and, and pick on your Packers a little bit here. I don't know how they can be a four-point favorite against anybody right now. I I would take Menominee it just, minus two against the Packers. I, I just don't see it. I, I get the Rams are probably without Stafford. 
Is he he had the thumb injury against Dallas last week? Right. I, I haven't heard if he's in play or not. I probably a game time decision. But. One of these radio guys this morning on the way over here, they were going through the number of these listing the quarterbacks starting for some of these teams. Yeah. I mean, the quarterbacks right now in the NFL are taking a pounding. Yeah, they sure There's are. There's a lot of no names out there that are getting their first or second NFL start. So maybe that was one of them. Like maybe we should toughen up the rules on hitting the quarterbacks. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, I'm going to take the Rams, though. They're plus four at Green Bay, and like I said, I don't, I don't know how Green Bay can be a four-point favorite over anybody right now. So give me the Rams at Green Bay. Well, you just stole that one out of me because I was going to go with that one. But, well, let's go. Let's take a look-see here. Yeah, there's just some bad, bad games. I'd love to see Washington win this game, but I'm gonna take, I'll am going to take the Patriots minus three. Okay. New England at home against Washington, minus three. What's the over-under in that game? That's a, um, according to ESPN, it's 41 and a half. 41. I got 41 on DraftKings. I don't know. Um, it's a lot of points for those two. That is. Washington put up a lot last week against Philly, though. They did. It was a high-scoring game. Okay. Um, boy, oh, boy. The, this is tough. I think... I think I'm going to go with that that Colts Carolina game. Carolina is a mess right now. I think Indianapolis, they're two point favorites on the road. Uh, I think they're going to get the win there, and if they can, I'm hoping it's by a field goal. So give me give me the Indianapolis minus two at Carolina. Oh boy. Holy mackerel! There are just these games this week. I'd like to get in on that Cowboys-Eagles game, but I'm not sure how that's going to go. So how about this? I'm going to take a flyer. I'm just going to take a flyer. with. I'll take Houston over Tampa Bay. I, according to ESPN, they're minus three. If that was the only game there was to watch today, would you find something to do outside? I think I'm going to do some power rooming and put some gravel back in my driveway this afternoon. Houston, yeah. minus three against Tampa Bay. You're taking Houston? Yeah, I'll take them. Unwatchable. Uh, <laughs> God, minus three Texans. Okay, that leaves me with my final pick. And I like the way Cincinnati has been playing. I, I jumped on them last week. They they stepped it up in the last couple weeks, looked good, good against San Francisco. And they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Buffalo. I like that game to be tight, uh, probably high scoring also. But I'm going to take the Bengals minus two-and-a-half. Boy, that's, I, I, I got to think Cincinnati puts it together, but they're just, they're hard to, hard to count on right now. Yeah, well, no doubt about it, but they, like I said, they played well last week, so, and then I got a couple little, uh, see your thoughts and little prop bets here that I, if I could find where the hell I wrote it down, <laughs> um, honestly, God, Chris Olave, that was one, anytime touchdown score for New Orleans, I got, uh, I got that one as a little uh, fun little prop. He's going to get in the end zone. He was targeted nine times last week, um, and four were down in the red zone. I think he's going to come through today. I like Cooper Cup to have a day against your Packers. Mm -hmm. And how about this for a little flyer? Let's jump on that quarterback from Minnesota. I believe it's Jalen Hall. Where is my sheet? <laughs> this is unbelievable. I wrote all this down. And now I can't find him. I'm getting pissed. Well, 
Jalen Hall. I think that's his name. He's a rookie. They, yep. um, he's got good legs. He can carry the ball quite a bit. So I'm going to throw one on him. That's like 10 to win 60 bucks. Is it really? Yeah. So if he gets a carry down the red zone and scores for the Vikings. So there's a couple little fun ones I throw at you. I think, um, uh, let me just interject here, because I, I normally don't give you my betting advice, but I'm looking at, and you brought up all these new quarterbacks. Yep. How about uh, over on interceptions today? With who? All of them? <laughs> probably all. Probably get a 10-team 10, 10 parlay or whatever it's called, and <laughs> all these guys. I mean, there should probably going to be a lot of interceptions today, would be my guess. Yeah, that's something to look at for sure. I, um, Low-scoring games could be ugly, but I, you know, that, that, that Jalen Hall bet, I think, will be a fun one to see if he can get in the end zone. Lock it in on Olave, the wide receiver for New Orleans, too. He's okay. going to score. So those are some uh, fun little props for you today. And we'll see where the rest of it goes. I like the Colts. That's my that's my best bet of the day coming through and, and winning at whoever the hell they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Carolina. Carolina, yeah. Anyway. Listen, no, that wasn't listen to lyrics. Way to talk without having been brought to you by the Vision Clinic. Uh, we offer a wide selection of eye care products, including eyewear, sunwear, and contact lenses to fit your specific eye care needs. Our mission is to provide quality service and products at reasonable pricing. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Give them a call, 906-482-6800 for an appointment. Nice. It's harder when you're not driving, hey? Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was a that was a fun one last week. I got to be honest, I'm still annoyed that that microphone didn't work because that really was a lot of fun. We got some blowback on that from some of our tens of fans here as well, but yeah, that was a good time. Um, maybe we should do that again sometime. Yeah, just take an actual road trip, leave the part here, and cruise around the Keweenaw a little bit and, and record. Yeah, I'm all flustered. Cape, I'm reading the <clears throat> listen to the lyrics ad while I'm doing the wager talk. I can't find my damn paper that I wrote my stuff down. Oh my goodness! All right, we got to move on, heroes. We got to. We'll, we'll work on your issues later. Uh, let's let's uh, hit the mailbag. <clears throat> Do you want to start with some questions or some comments? Uh, well, how about a comment? Okay. Let's start with B Dubs. She's a sweetheart, isn't she? She is. She's actually probably our our number one of our tens of fans. She always has our back after some of these people. She says, first, let me say that I'm getting pretty PO'd by the abuse that some of your listeners have been heaping on you. I realize that chirping is a part of sports, but enough is enough. I continue to be impressed by the jobs that you both are doing. As I've said before, you are, a, are shining a much-needed spotlight on sports in the UP, and you should be lauded for that. You have both shown perseverance and dedication to your podcast in recent weeks by Oge doing his commentary from a freezing hotel hotel room with a bad sinus headache and both of you risking your life limb and a broken clipboard by recording your podcast from the road. And you do all of this so your tens of fans won't be disappointed. Kudos to both of you. B-dubs from Amik. Very accurate. Thank you. She was speaking 100% the truth. Hey, I found my, my sheet. Good. And my, <laughs> all the notes are written underneath my uh, listen to the lyric rant here. So, oh. Well, much that better. Makes, uh, that's going to make our tens of fans happy. Notice the clipboard's still intact, too. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, thank you, Dubs. It's always nice to hear some compliments every once in a while, but we do have tough skin. Yeah. We can take it. It's part of show business. Uh, we got to put up with some negativity from some of these people. It's Speaking just... of negativity, I don't know if it's not really negative. It's kind of a backhanded positive thing here, but Jesse from Appleton. What's you he know? got going well, on? Well, it says, 
He goes, great pod last week from the road. It was. It was. That was a great one, minus the malfunction. One thing I noticed was Oj always asking for directions. It's 2023, and all phones have GPS built in in for navigation. Why was Oj not using this technology to get back home? And is he aware such technology exists? Do you want to address that, or should I finish the question? Just finish it. Piggybacking off your Mount Rushmore talk two pods ago about best players from certain cities, I would like to hear your take on on what city has the best NFL fans, the best MLB fans, the best NBA fans. Jesse and Appleton, and then he also made note, huge Shane Burkhart fan. What is he a suck up, eh? I guess so. Well, I'm yeah, I'm well aware about the maps on my phone that can drive me to wherever <laughs> I got to go. I didn't have it on because you generally take charge of that as the co-pilot um and I, I can probably make the trip back home from downstate without it but i did get a little bit confused because it was you know we're cruising along and, and things were things were moving so quick with the podcast i lost focus on where we actually were yeah and we don't want to and you got to hit that right turn because otherwise you're going through manistique and that, that just makes a long trip even longer so yeah so yeah i'm well aware of that thank you jesse and uh Let's move on to the second part of that ridiculous question. <laughs> All right. What city has the best NFL fans, MLB fans, NBA fans? Let's go with NFL, and I'm going to go first. I'm going to just take the easy one and say Lambeau. Packer fans, I mean, Lambeau Field in, in itself is a, an experience. Even if you're not a Packer fan, Lambeau is a great place to be. Yeah, I can't argue with you. I've been number of games there, and it's, it's a blast. There's no doubt about it. The atmosphere is great. I've been down there where the people I were with, like my son and my dad, they they uh, went into the game, had tickets, and I managed to entertain myself pretty well <laughs> all by myself outside a number of the establishments around Lambeau Field. So it, it's a blast. I don't know if that means their fans are the best. It's a pretty cool atmosphere. Packer fans, well, the one to me, thing are generally annoying. Is, well, and some of them are, but every every sports team has annoying fans. But you're going to have fun. If you're from the other team, you don't have to worry about getting beat up or mugged. Right, They're, the environment is a very safe, family-friendly. I, I just Lambeau Field's one of the great things to to go to. I, if you've never been there, you really need to, even if you're not a football fan or a Packer fan. So I'm you know, gonna, you're at a good place when they got troughs to pee in in the bathrooms. Yeah, this is true. Rather than just single urinals. Yeah, when it, that's that's my kind of place there when you can pee in a trough with yeah. guys right next to you. Yep. <laughs> Little. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, always awkward, isn't it? It is. Um, so let's go this. We got two questions now, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna read both of them because they're both related. Um, the first one is from from Paul in Boise. He starts off with "Howdy, boys." Howdy, Paul. Howdy, Paul. And he goes, "Will the Michigan sign stealing scandal accelerate the push for helmet communication in college football?" The two reasons I've heard for not adapting the technology is cost for small schools and the possible void of the helmet warranty seems like typical NCAA crapola. Okay, and now we have another question from our good buddy George from Medora, mm-hmm. who will be joining us on the podcast in the near future, teaser alert. And he says, as a follow-up to your discussion regarding sign stealing, some college coaches um, are suggesting going to helmets with speakers like the NFL. It would appear to be a good solution. What are your thoughts? Well, I guess it would probably be trending in that direction after this. They're going to certainly take a look at at uh, 
making some type of rules change. You know, first of all, he mentioned the money, the money part, the financial part of that. You know, the whole reason in 1994 they stopped allowing teams to scout, self-scout, mm-hmm. was financial issues, correct? We talked about that last week. Yes. Ball State's not having the ability to to do things that the Michigans and Ohio State's and Georgia's or whatever can do. Correct. So Paul mentioned that, and I suppose that would be an issue, but I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that they could probably make that work at the Division One level, you think? It just, it just seems like if this sign-stealing thing is an issue, why not just do it? I mean, the NFL is doing it. I mean, then are we going to be worried that Harbaugh has a scanner and is picking up their frequencies? Yeah. So well, I, I think both – I mean, I guess my, my thoughts, both Paul and George, is I think it's headed that way. I mean, it really is. I mean, there's – is there any reason not to? Come on, guys. The helmets are 400 bucks already at least. Right. You know, money money for a problem. I mean, maybe, maybe you can get some company to get on board and donate them or get a, get advertising or whatever. But, yeah, I think I think it's probably headed in that direction. If you don't want to huddle, I guess you got to do that, right? Yeah. You want to you want to address this Michigan thing this week, or should we just bypass it? Michigan came out of a huddle quite a bit last night. Oh, good. Eleven guys in a huddle and a quarterback calling a play. That's crazy. Remember, remember those days? No, I remember them vividly. Yeah, well, uh, Stallions resigned. I see that he had a little quote out there, so get a, getting himself out of the situation and and I don't know. It's just so annoying. I'm more annoyed with it than I was <coughs> last week. Um, well, we got one more question. I guess I guess well, we got We didn't even finish Jesse's actually. Oh, we did. No, I mean we. If you wanted. Oh, I yeah. guess is he gonna get? Is he gonna whap our pee pee? Well, this? I was just looking because he did mention some of the NBA, MLB and NBA fans. I don't MLB. The one team that they always say has a great fan base is St. Louis. Yeah, that's one that came to mind right away when when he when I saw that question. Um, I was I was kind of thinking Cubs. Uh, yeah, it's. Wrigley Field's kind of one of those places. Boston. Because they have the old stadiums. Yeah. NBA, I know. I, I don't really know NBA, what, what would be a, a city there that. I'm gonna, my, my thought was, and it's, it's, it's an old one back in the old days, more of the arena, I guess, in like Boston Garden. Right. You know, I think things like that. You know, obviously, like your LAs aren't very good, and you know, their fan bases are there to get their picture on Insta, Twitter, Gram, and stuff like that, rather than watch. So, I would probably go with like a city like Boston. What about are we? Gonna, when are we gonna talk about Rushmore? He at threw, the end. He threw. We'll just do it at the end. Yeah. Okay. Just so Jesse doesn't get worked up that we didn't. We're not gonna skip that. He puts yeah. a lot of time into these questions. Well, he does. He's probably. Probably just waiting for this thing to upload, but um, let's jump into that. Let's piggyback off the communication thing, and you know, thanks for the questions, George and Paul. I think those are good questions. I think it's going to be something that we see coming down in the near future. We have a question from Dan again. This guy, you always he always seems to get into your skin, Dan from McQuanagall. Oh, I think he's a nice guy. I don't know. I haven't why. heard from him in a while. He's got a good question too. He goes, "Happy Sunday." Set your fandom aside for a minute, and let's assume the allegations against Michigan are true. What is the proper punishment? It's actually a really good question because I I, I think something's going to come down. So if Michigan is found with this illegal scouting, whatever, which is still a joke because it was put in place because of financial things. I mean, we got to move on and, and get get with the times. You know, at one point they used to let people smoke on an airplane. And said, hey, maybe there's a better way to do things. I told you this last week after our show, I believe. 
I don't like it being called illegal sign stealing. I think the question here is, was it illegal scouting? Right. Everybody steals signs. This guy was just able to do it a little bit better than others. Right. Now, if Michigan is found to have put some money out there to help him buy these tickets to these games, obviously there'll be issues. Stallions was not in the stands at these games. He was buying tickets for people to go to the games, right. use their phones to get some some pictures of, you know, those those upcoming teams and, and their signals, correct? Correct. So from that standpoint, there's no there's no rule against that. Am I wrong on that? I, I like I said, it, you are a hundred percent right. It is not sign stealing. Sign stealing is not illegal. It's frowned upon, but it's illegal scouting because of this rule put into place in 1994 when people could smoke on airplanes. Yeah. So this this guy found a way found a way around it. Um, was able to purchase some tickets, got people to go to these games. I mean, it, it's so stupid. I could have you go. I mean, if say I was coaching um, Nebraska. I think this Dan might is a Nebraska fan, I believe. Is he? Yeah. And we had a game, and I said, I, I then would you tickets to a, another opposing team's game to take a couple pictures? I mean, you don't think that that happens? Yeah, it does. I don't know. It just, what was his question? Punishment? What should the punishment uh, be? Because, again, it's going to be, the, first of all, the, well, not first of all, I guess next is the NCAA is not going to do anything because they are a joke. They can appeal it. It's not going to It's not gonna come into play. So the Big Ten coaches are, and I'm going to say whine because they are whining about this, and they want the Big Ten to come in and whap Michigan's pee-pee. But the Big Ten doesn't want to do this because, well, they, they want a representative in the national championship. Or two, because all the other schools tend to have the ability to make a lot of cash. Correct. Did you see the letter that the president wrote to the Big Ten? I did. Well written. Yep. Very I did. well written. I did. I mean, come on, guys. So if you want to punish them, I don't, I'll give you my thoughts on a punishment. I don't think suspending Harbaugh is the answer. I mean, come on, guys. It's, 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 and the kids at Michigan have nothing to do with this. Right. So ultimately, they're going to pay the price because somebody's got a bug up their hiney. And you know what? If you want to punish them, slap them with a fine. Or, or take away one scholarship or something. Do something so that we punish them, but it's nothing major because it really, it's annoying. Something after the season, um, but again, it, it's illegal scouting, not this sign-stealing sign crap. So um, that's my look, my thoughts on it, the way I look at it. And we will see. I, I, I really hope that they don't do anything. The Big Ten doesn't come down on them and do something before the season's over. That would be a shame, and like I said, I'm sick and tired of talking about it, but it's going to be there. All right, so those are some uh, good questions this week uh, from our fans. Thanks for sending them in. Continue to send them in. It's obviously a big part of our show. Uh, it gives us something to, to banter about and enjoy it. So located eight miles south of Lake Linden on the Bujack Road, the Dreamland Restaurant is your choice for great dining. Family-owned and operated for over 100 years, whether you're in the mood for Mexican Monday specials, burgers, pizzas, or a Friday fish fry, Dreamland is your next stop. You know what our fans are looking forward to doing right now, Oj? What? They want to listen to the lyrics. It's that time already? It is. This is where most of our tens of fans will probably tune off, shut it off. But there are some that do listen. I have, again, more and more comments, uh, people making about your, your taste in music. And today, we got a good one. Back-to-back Neil Young. Un I think it, unheard of on LTL. It is. It's the first time that's happened. So 
Uh, Neil Young wrote this song while he was on tour with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And from what I've read, it was kind of a leap of faith because one of his it, it became one of his most enduring songs, and most importantly, it cracks my top ten of all time, believe it or not. It was based off a screenplay in the late 60s, and Young wrote it in three verses. The first was in medieval times, where he talks about knights and peasants. The second, he talks of being in a burned-out basement where there was a band playing in his head. In the final bizarre verse, he mentions those uh, he mentions those taking humanity's silver seed into space as others are left behind as the world dies. What do you think of that? I'm not sure. That is some bizarre shit. Yeah, I'm getting a little creeped out, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yep. Um, anyway, appreciate After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. And uh, like I said, back-to-back -back Neil Young's just because I wanted to. So there you go. Unprecedented times here at SS3TP. I dreamed I saw the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen. There were peasants singing and drummers drumming and the archers split the tree. There was a fanfare blowing to the sun that was floating on the Lying in the yellow haze of the 
sun. There were children crying and colors flying all around the chosen ones. All in a dream, all in a dream, the loading had begun. Flying Mother Nature, silver seed to a new home in the sun. Flying Mother Nature, silver seed to a new home. So as we bring episode 36 to a close, oh, one of the things we did last week was we talked about some Mount Rushmore's. We talked about Philadelphia. Last week was an easy one with Detroit, and or excuse me, with Boston. And this week we're going to talk about a Mount Rushmore in Detroit. So again, just for, so our fans are aware, we're picking a Mount Rushmore for the city, and it doesn't have to be one from each sport. You could have multiple. We're just talking about the best, the greatest athletes in these cities. So uh, what do you want to start with for Detroit? Who's, who's a, the first no-brainer? Well, I think I, right off the bat, the first one that would come to mind for me, you know, it's Hockey Town, and you can't go past Gordy Hall. Yeah, for sure. I would. He was the first name I put down, Gordy Hall. Mr. Hockey, uh, that's a great one. What about next? Um, well, if you go to the Tigers, Mr. Tiger, right? We have Mr. My, Hockey and we have Mr. Tiger. My dad's favorite baseball player of all time, Al Kaline. Started in Detroit when he was young and played his entire career there. Yeah, for sure. I think those two are no-brainers. And I think the third one's actually a no-brainer too because – isn't there an arena named after him? There is, um, or was. Yeah, I guess there's no longer. But uh, Joe Lewis Arena was was the home of the Red Wings forever, right? It was the Brown Bomber. I think we got to go. I think Joe Lewis is also a no-brainer. Yeah, he and uh, when I was reading about him a little bit, he was actually born in the South, but his parents left that area. Of course, those tough times, you know. Right. For for uh, for that family in the South, and then he they came, and I think his dad might have got a job in the auto industry or whatever but he he was uh raised in detroit so joe lewis for sure um the fourth one i think you could put up for debate but i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna go with i think barry sanders i yeah, think if you look at the most humble athletes in, in arguably and i know i'm not going to get into the barry emmett debate here but you can put him up as as, as the greatest running back of all time and people aren't going to argue with you yeah the only thing with barry is he never won a title you know, right. It would have been nice for them to, I mean, he hardly got in the playoffs. Right. So team-wise, that might hurt him a little bit. Did they just put a statue out there of him? I think, they, there's, a, I think there's a statue. There might be. I know he, they recognized him and a few other Lions one of those games before before I was there. Um. So, yeah, I think Barry, you know, Isaiah Thomas comes to mind. He won with the Pistons, he was their, yep. their their main guy. The Pistons won those titles in the '80s, correct? Yeah, he he was definitely he could he go go on there. I mean, if you want to start looking at titles, Stevie Eiserman. Yeah, um, those of those he are, was certainly loved too. Hey, no, he's back in Detroit too with the right. Rangers. Right. So I mean, those guys are I would put on the honorable mention list. How about Alan Trammell? I was always a big Alan Trammell fan. Yeah, but he's not going to beat out Al Kaline. No. For that, and I don't know if you put two baseball players on it. You could, but I don't think you do in this situation. You know, and then you look at other Tigers like Ty Cobb, but he was just nobody liked him. He was a dick. Yeah, he was. 
Uh, any others that maybe honorable mentions that you're thinking of? I mean, I'm going to go with with Gordy Howe, LK line, Joe Lewis, and, and I'm I'm going to be hold firm with Barry Sanders. Yeah, I think that's I think that Sanders is probably a little bit up for debate, but other than that, I think we're good to go with those four from Detroit. Okay, so next week we'll take a look at another another city. We want to thank our sponsors: Poor Man's Epoxy, uh, Level Up Branded Apparel, Vision Clinic, Dreamland, um, and then we got one more one more ad we got to read here, Oj. We got another one? Yeah, we, we sure do. Did we read Kevin Auto, Auto Body today? Oh, yeah, I started too earlier. <clears throat> yeah, we did. You know, and he's, again, they're, he sent a question in. They've been big fans of the show and listen to the lyrics. Yep, Listen to the Lyrics was brought to you by Kevin Auto Body, located in Pine Street and Calumet. They are your choice for quality collision and body repair since 1966. They are open 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, and 8 to 12 on Saturday. Give them a call at 906 Three three seven one two zero three. Go Cowboys! Yeah, They're fired up for that four o'clock game. Yeah, that should be that'll be a, that could be the best best game of the day. Obviously, uh, we'll have next week. We'll have uh, another update on Northern Arizona's trip out to Yukon. Is your microphone still green? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, that was the issue last week. That thing was blue when we got done. So I think he was talking under my microphone the whole time. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm looking forward to next week is that Michigan Penn State game. Oh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a beauty at Penn State. Probably a whiteout, right? I would imagine Saturday night game. Yeah. So, um, the apparel store will be open for one more week. It's gonna close next Sunday. So anybody wants to get their stuff, check us out on Twitter X or whatever that's called these days. Uh, make sure you're liking all our stuff on there. Share, do whatever the social media thing is. Judd, I'll pay you. Don't worry. Oh, you still haven't paid him? No. No. Oh, I'll pay him when I'm good and ready. Um, high school sports. We'll see where we end up after the week, right? Yep. Talk some games Friday night, Saturday. Regionals for volleyball. Boy, we got a big week next week. And then, uh, and we also got to talk because I'm going to be gone next weekend, so we got to figure it out. Just so the listeners know, we might have a little different schedule or whatever, or take. Well, we can't really take one off. No, we have to go remote or have someone pinch hit for you. Yeah, because I'm going to camp. I'm going to go and hang out at uh, the deer camp for a few days over the weekend so do some beer hunting well the season doesn't open until wednesday so are you gonna do some illegal scouting <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's beautiful yeah we'll have to get that figured out plus we got a little maybe i'll drop a little teaser that we're gonna have a little crossover with another podcast coming up too and that's gonna turn out that's gonna be pretty cool i think yeah well it's the the bucks and booze or booze and bucks right yep they uh friends of ours they do a hell of a job with that and it's probably uh, the second best Second hottest podcast in the Q and Yeah, by a distant margin. But yeah, they uh they do a nice job discussing what it is uh the you know the whole deer camp scene and some of their stories from these massive deer that they've shot over the years out there and, and they do it all with a bottle of bourbon on the table or yeah. whiskey. So we'll do a crossover. That's coming up. So stay tuned for that. I'm kind of excited about that. That'll be kind of cool. Uh, plus whoever and who else knows what we're going to talk about next week at this point. Hey. Yeah. See you, Oj. Talk to you later, Coachy.